You're listening to the Banner Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. Honestly, like one of my favorite things, just seeing little kids celebrate. And, you know, we had this video that says, who will you bring uh, to Jesus this Christmas? And I think it's an important question. If you're part of Banner Church, I, I just want to speak specifically to your heart today. You know, if you were here last week, we had these cards and I just encouraged everybody in December to write a name on there of someone that you're just really going to be praying for and inviting. And so I want to encourage you, if you haven't done that yet, to write a name on, on a card, someone you're praying for, that they would just receive, you know, the hope and freedom of Jesus Christ this season, just the joy, really the true joy of the season. Um, and hang it on the tree in the back. We have a tree full of them. It's really cool to see. And just be inviting this Christmas season. Not just for the church, not to glorify the name on the building, but to glorify the Lord because that's what this is all about. It's about hope. It's, we've been saying this phrase, we've been talking about family tree and Jesus' family tree. We've been saying that Christmas is for everyone. And I really believe that. Like, I really believe that Jesus is for everyone. And if Jesus is for everyone, then Christmas is for everyone. And for some of you this morning, I just want to share a really quick thought because honestly the highlight already happened. Uh, but a really quick thought to just encourage you today uh, before we close and end service. And it comes from the idea that Christmas is for everyone. And it comes from the idea that kids are chaotic. And uh, I, I didn't realize that kids were so beautifully and incredibly chaotic till I had one. And I, I think before I had a kid, I thought I understood how kids were. Anybody here with kids? It's like before you had a kid, like you thought you understood children. Uh, I see it happen all the time. I do a lot of weddings. People love to have kids in weddings and these sweet, beautiful, young people who have no idea anything about children always try to involve them. They're like, well, at our wedding, they're going to walk down the aisle. They won't. They won't. They won't. I know you're so smart and amazing, uh, but they won't. And uh, they will not, they will get halfway down, then they will decide to do whatever they want. And we love that part of kids, right? And every parent's like, hey, you tell the parent, like, yeah, I'm going to put your child in a white dress, and they're going to walk all the way down an aisle. Every parent's like, <laughs> A, it will not be white. B, they will not get all the way down, right? Because kids are, kids are chaos. They're fun, right? Like kids, they, they get excited, they get distracted. But but they're honestly, there's so much fun. And that's one of the things I love about kids' Christmas. And I love about seeing the kids sing is that they're just having fun, right? Like even if your kid stands there the whole time, like it was still fun for them. They're going to come and be like, it was so much fun. You're like, really? You didn't look like you were having fun at all. They're like, it was so fun. You know, like they just, they love having fun and celebrating and being full of joy. And uh, my daughter, she was the one in the gold dress trying to hog the microphone, uh, which is classic us. Um, <laughs> but she, uh, she's just so pumped for Christmas. You know, she made a Christmas list this year, which list this year, which was the first time. And, uh, and on our Christmas list, there were three things. One was, uh, Cinderella Legos. Two was a baby sister. And three was a Barbie with a horse. I wasn't, it, the language wasn't clear if it was a Barbie horse or a Barbie with a horse or some like Minotaur situation. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know the world of kids' Barbies, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> but we've been really trying to teach her what's the most important, like if you didn't get these things, you know, what, what the, what's Christmas actually about? And it goes back to this idea that I've been trying to really instill in my daughter about, about Christmas being for everyone because Jesus came for everyone. 
And, and, there, and this season really stands as this pinnacle moment where hope and life comes to everyone. And that everyone is welcome in. And so I want to read you a scripture today really quickly about kids since it's kids Christmas. And it's in Mark 10, verse 13. If you brought your Bible, open up. If not, it's going to be quickly on the screen. But let's pray real quick together. God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather. God, we thank you for our kids' ministry. God, we thank you for our incredible leaders in kids' ministry. God, we just rejoice over every one of these young children and future generations. God, we just pray your blessing upon them. God, I pray as we just really quickly hear from your scripture this morning, would you speak to our hearts, God? We pray just renewal and encouragement in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. I want to set the stage here before I... Uh, I read this scripture this morning, is that this is coming at the end of a long preaching time that Jesus is giving. Uh, I don't know if you grew up in a church or, I didn't grow up in like a super traditional church or anything. So the first time I went to like a really traditional church uh, that like the services were like four hours, it really shocked me. Uh, I was surprised. Uh, because worship ended, a guy came up, and I was like, okay, this must be the pastor. He gave about a 20-minute spiel. He closed, and then he said, now I'm going to invite up Pastor Frank. And I was like, wait, that was the close of the worship? It was about 25 minutes? So we still had about 45 minutes to go, and I wasn't, I wasn't used to that because, A, I was hungry, and, B, I was hungry. And at some point, I was like, 25 minutes to close, this is crazy. Uh, but I this is coming, at, and the scripture is coming at the end of a time where Jesus had spoken for a good amount of time. And so I want you to picture uh, sitting out in the open area with your children with you for a good period of time while some guy with no amplif amplification talks to you and, and you listen, right? Um, if you have kids or have seen a child in your life before, you know at some point they're going to get a little rowdy, right? And like if we had kids in here for like an hour and a half, you know, two hours, they would start getting a little crazy. And so this is kind of the setting of what's happening. There's kind of an urgency. There's a stirring. There's a commotion that's happening. So I'm going to read to you Mark 10, verse 13. It says this, and they were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God is like a child, or whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not inherit it. And he looked, and he took them in his arms and blessed them, saying, laying his hands on them. I'm sorry, I had to cough this whole time. I'm going to read this again. Whew. It says, as truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Amen. There we go. <laughs> so in this scripture, parents are beginning to bring their children to Jesus. So he's been preaching for a while. And kind of towards the end of the preaching time, they're beginning to bring and gather their children so that he could bless them. It was a tradition to lay hands on, on the future generations and pray for them. And bless them. And as they're bringing their kids forward, it's kind of an understood that they're making some kind of some kind of ruckus or disruption of what's happening in this time. And so the disciples are kind of like the ushers in the moment. They're trying to keep um, the order a little bit. Uh, you know, sometimes I, 
you know, in a chaotic situation, in a service, if there was a kid making a bunch of noise, you'd be like, I wonder if Usher's going to come. So the disciples are kind of trying to keep the order of this service because there's lots of people that follow Jesus. There's lots of people that wanted access to Jesus. And so the disciples often acted like uh, the gatekeepers of that access so much. But what's interesting is as the parents are coming forward, the disciples rebuke them for coming to Jesus. And they're thinking we're keeping the order. But Jesus responds by being indignant with them. Literally meaning he was moved in his spirit and his attitude and verbally he expressed frustration with them. And rebuked them and said, let them come to me. And this is what's amazing is in this moment we're like, yes, children are amazing. We love children. But that's because our cultural norm is so dramatically different. So what we have to realize is in this moment when Jesus, when the disciples are rebuking the families and the children, they're following the cultural norm of the day. When Jesus invites the children, he's flipping the cultural norm on its head, which he likes to do. Because nowadays children are cherished, right? Like we cherish children in uh, the age that we live in. They're precious to us. There's lots of charities that are devoted to making sure children that aren't cherished will be cherished, right? We give lots of money and resources. We value children. We bring them out. And, and there's this moment we love them. We celebrate their chaos and their craziness and their fun and, and all these things. We cherish that, right? We, we cherish kids so much in culture that it's like, hey, pastor, my kids join in soccer. I'll see you again in like six years. Hopefully I have a youth ministry that can put them back together and make them love Jesus, right? Like we just, we go over the top for our kids now. But in that time, that was not the case. In those days, it was not the case that people uh, really went over the top for their kids. In fact, kids were seen as some of uh, the least valuable in society. Like, that sounds crazy, but it's true. Is that childhood, get this, was seen as an unfortunate time between birth and adulthood that must be suffered before you get there. Some of you are like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> like, I remember middle school. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's like, don't look at the pictures. Don't bring them back up. Some of you are thankful there wasn't Facebook when you are in middle school. Some of you are now regretting some choices you made. Uh, <laughs> but this is, you know, the culture of the day is that there was this, uh, you, when you were a child, you didn't have any rights. In fact, in the day, you were lower than a slave when it came to rights if you were a child. And I don't know if you know a lot about slavery. Not a lot of rights in slavery. Just a heads up. And so children were considered the lowest of low in class and rights and in access. And so it's a controversial statement for Jesus to invite the children to come forward to be blessed because what he's inviting something is culturally different than anything they would have expected. Because not only did children, were they not a high-value part of society, they certainly didn't have access to a rabbi, and they certainly didn't have access to a savior. There were thousands of people constantly gathering around Jesus, and they would have never thought that these children should have access to, in their mind, the most high-valued person in that moment. But what I love about this moment and I love about Jesus and what I love about Christmas is that if the kingdom of God belongs to the least, then it belongs to everyone. See, Jesus is putting this perspective in the minds of the people who follow them. He's flipping a cultural norm and saying if the kingdom of God belongs to who you see as the least, then it belongs to everyone. That would be the conclusion that they would draw. And can I say, I love following a Jesus that rejects elitism. 
I love the fact that we follow a Jesus that rejects the cultural norms of who is important and who is not important. Who has access and who does not have access. This is what is so amazing about Jesus Christ and about Christmas and about what we celebrate is that Jesus, when he comes to earth, so clearly establishes that everyone is equal in the eyes of God. It does not matter who you are in the eyes of the world. It only matters who you are in the eyes of God. In that all people, did you know that true equality only comes through the Lord? Because we're all biased people. We all naturally like some people more than other people. And you could be the most woke person in this room, but you're still going to have biases. I mean, you could pretend they don't exist, but you're just a lot. But God comes and he says, listen, everyone is the same. And so it doesn't matter your skin color, your, your race, your background, your gender. He's saying, listen, everyone is equal, which would have blown their mind at that time. And so what he does is he picks the lowest people on the totem pole in society, the lowest people, and he gives them immediate access to him. And in Mark 10, 15, it says this. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Okay, this is what's crazy. Whoever of you shall not receive it like a child shall not enter it. See, Jesus is concerned not about what you bring to the table, but what you take from it. This is what is special about Jesus and Christmas. is when you come to Jesus with nothing. You receive everything. This is what's powerful about this one. He says, if you don't receive it like, he says, the kingdom of God belongs, it belongs to the children, right? Verse 14, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. He says, whoever does not receive the kingdom like a child shall not enter it. This is what's amazing is that not only is he saying, You should come like a child. He's saying it belongs. There's an authority. There's an ownership. But he's saying in order to receive it, you have to come like a child. And people say, okay, what does it mean to come before the Lord like a child? What it means to come before the Lord like a child is not about what children have or what they don't have. Children do not have claim. Children do not have credit. Children do not have clout. Right? Like children do not come with some pedigree. They not, do not come with some proven list of things. Children come to Christ because of what he gives. And this is so powerful and important is as we look at Christmas, see, we value people based on what they bring us. Oh, I value this person because they're like me and we can relate. I value this person because they agree with my political views. I value this person because they've made the kind of decisions in their life that I can respect. Or I don't value this person because they do not agree with me. I don't value this person as much because, you know, I don't know, we're just not really the same. We're not like this. I'm in a different season. I don't value this person because, you know what, they should have just made better decisions in their life. We're always quantifying and qualifying other people's value. And yet the amazing thing about Jesus is that our value is based on what we receive from him, not just what we give to him. What we give to him is nothing. What we give to him is brokenness. What we give to him is is our emptiness, our weight, and our debt of sin. What he gives to us is everything. Are you following me? And I think, praise the Lord, praise God, that he does not value me based off my bank account. Anyone thankful for that? 
Thank you, Jesus, that you do not value me based upon how good I was this week, how many Bible verses I read this week, if I went to small group or not this week, if I went to church service or not this week. Now, those things are important, but thank you that my value is not dependent on whether I have a house or a car or a title or some kind of like lineage. Thank you, Jesus, that it's not because of my work ethic or lack of work ethic. Thank you, it's not because of my past choices or my future decisions or my current situation. Thank you, Jesus, that you value me like a child. When I come with nothing, you give me everything. See, I struggle so much because I love the connectivity of our digital world because I think it's a great tool for sharing the gospel. It's amazing. One of my um, heroes just passed away uh, the, the other week, Karana Harbanki, and he's led, I think it's over 79 million people have been led to Jesus because of his ministry. He's one of the heroes of the faith. He's one of the people that inspired me to pursue the Holy Spirit fully. And, and I just think, you know, like I only had access to his ministry because of social media, because of a digital platform, because I've never been to Africa. So I appreciate it there. But in some ways, it's lied to us. In some ways, what it's told us is you are valued based off of what you project. You're valued based off what you produce. You're valued based off what you show. You're valued based off what you showcase. But I want to tell you that what Jesus is trying to flip constantly on his end is the cultural norm of elitism that says, you know what, Christmas is for those who get it together. Christmas is for those who have the church vibe. Christmas is for those who know enough of Scripture. Christmas is for those that you think, no, listen, Jesus is for everyone. What gives you value can only be given by God, and that's that you were created in his image and that his son bought and paid for your eternity and your life and your soul. I love this quote. It says, a little child has absolutely nothing to bring, and whatever a child receives, he or she receives by grace on the basis of sheer neediness rather than by any merit in him or herself. Little children are a paradigmatic disciple, for only empty hands can be filled. Only empty hands can be filled. To come to Jesus like a child means to come with empty hands, not coming with your pride. Hey, Jesus, look, all that I've done for you. Not coming with uh, with your achievements, not coming with your established self-worth, not coming with your bank account, not coming even with your family, not coming with your job success, just coming with your heart and open hands. Say, Jesus, I want to receive of you. See, this is why it's good news, because everyone from the lowliest shepherd to the richest wise man can come before Jesus, and if they come with open hands, it will be filled. Because their value comes from what they receive. Some of you are going to be exhausted this Christmas trying to fill a table, trying to make enough, do enough, build enough, and at the end still feel like I should have done more. And yet that's not how Jesus works. Jesus works of come with nothing, come to the table, and don't bring bread, take bread. 
Receive the bread of life that comes from me. Receive the hope and freedom that comes from me. Be satisfied. Be filled this Christmas. Don't end Christmas discouraged because you didn't buy enough presents, didn't do enough dinners, didn't have enough this, didn't do enough that. The, the greatest gift that you can receive is the fullness that comes through Jesus Christ. And the great thing is if you feel a little poured out this Christmas, as we're saying Christmas is for everyone, the good news is if you feel poured out, that's exactly who Jesus came to pour into. Third thing, I'm going to invite the band up this morning. Is that Jesus embraces the excluded to show that Christmas is for everyone. Mark 10, 16 says, he took them into his arms and blessed them. See, there's things that we scroll kind of right past. But culturally at that time, it would have been surprising for a rabbi, a teacher, to take young children into his arms and bless them. Have you, have you, have you seen a child recently or held one? They, they don't come in a clean version, right? <laughs> right? Like, anyone have kids? It's like, my child, we could hose her down, just shampoo her up, clean her off, get her dressed, send her out, and she would get from the bathroom <laughs> to her room and somehow be filthy, Right? <laughs> Like there's, it's inherent with children. I don't know how they get so sticky, but from the age like 2 to 20, they're just covered in some kind of maple syrup booger. And, right? Someone who's 19 is like, this is uncomfortable. Lopes up. But what I love about Jesus is that Jesus was real. And so when Jesus embraces children, he embraces real children. Which means that he does not shy away from the messy. He does not shy away from the dirty. And he does not seem to care who watches him embrace people. He is not bothered by other people's opinions of you. He's not bothered by how dirty other people think you are. He's not even bothered how actually dirty you are. He embraces every person. He doesn't care that someone says you have lesser or greater value. It doesn't matter to him. Embraces, right? He doesn't just call them forward and it's like, Peter, you take this one. He embraces them in his arms. He lay hands on them. He blesses them. This is the story of Jesus, right? The Jesus that we have received on Christmas is for everyone. He's the get down into the mud. He's the, he's the stand by the pool. He's the lay hands. He's the touch the lepers. He's to speak over the lame. He's to embrace the children. This is the Jesus. It's our value here at Banner Church because we believe it's a value of Jesus that Jesus is accessible. Jesus is, if, if for some reason someone has taught you or told you that Jesus is only for a certain group of people in a certain way, if they've told you somehow that you are excluded from the love of Jesus Christ, then I am sorry. They did you wrong. I'm here to tell you that Jesus is for everyone and Christmas is for everyone because it stands as the time that as a tiny baby, he came to symbolize that you are loved and that you are valued. He would die for you so you could live with him for eternity. And when he embraced the children, the society said that was outside of the norm. And society said it was unwanted. When he embraced the children, he looked throughout time and he embraced you.
love this quote. It says, his touch brought blessing. But it was also a blessing, a tangible expression of God's unconditional love for the unclean, the foreigners, the women and children. Jesus' personal touch of common people became a distinguishing mark of his bearing and ministry. It also became an essential characteristic of the movement he founded. Sparing it from the incipient hierarchy and elitism, whether professional or aesthetic, so common of religion. Another gospel would have resulted in not that of Jesus and another church rather than his church had children been kept from Jesus and had Christianity been made into something for men alone. Jesus came to earth for everyone. Whoever the earth and we say is the highest, whoever we think is the lowest, Jesus just sees my children. And he embraces us. And he's come to embrace you. There's nothing to prove. There's nothing to show him. Like, look, Jesus, I, I brought you. I, I did this for you. I, I've earned this. I worked this. That's not how it works. You say, well, I don't know, man. I, I'm broken. I, I, don't, I don't think Jesus has seen me. I don't think he knows me fully. Well, Mark 2, Jesus says, those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinner. I'm a sinner. Jesus came to call me. If you're a sinner, Jesus came to call you. And he came not only to speak to you, not to convict you, but to embrace you and bring you not only to the love of the Savior, but into eternity with him. Can I tell you in a very real way? We've been expressing this, and this isn't in my notes, but I've just felt so powered by this. Is We serve a real Jesus who has really come to do a miracle in your life, who has really come to deliver you and free you, not only on this earth, but for eternity. And can I just encourage you, do not miss the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to step into the miraculous for my life and the love and the purpose for my life with Jesus who gave his life for me. Don't miss that opportunity. Don't choose to be separated from him for all eternity. That's the only option. The only option is I will pursue Christ or I'm separated from him. And I think some of the reasons we choose to stay over here and stay separated are so small compared to the greatness of his love for us. And he just wants to invite you and say, come, I want to embrace you this morning. I want to welcome you this morning. I want you to receive my love this morning. You're like, I'm a little dirty. It doesn't matter. I embrace you. I welcome you. And just like I say, Christmas is for everyone. Jesus is for you. Christmas is for you. And this morning, some of you, he's saying, it's time to come home. Would you stand with me? Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning? We've been singing about the love of Jesus, and that's what it's all about this morning. Even in pre-service prayer, I, I could just sense the Holy Spirit moving in this church. Some of you this morning, you're just in the valley of decision. Whether or not you will choose to follow Christ with your life. I just feel like Jesus is calling to you, just saying... I'm here for you. I'm here to call you home to my heart to receive the love and the hope and the freedom. 
to do a miracle in your life and in your heart, to bring healing where there's brokenness, to bring joy where there's depression, to bring light where there's only darkness. I've come for you, and I've shown you in my word this morning that I embrace my children. I don't push them away. I don't make them prove themselves. I don't make them earn my love. I give it freely to them. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone and trying to stir you this morning to say, you know what? I've been over here in the separation, but I'm going to choose to come home to Jesus Christ this morning. I'm going to choose to step in to his love and be embraced by him. I'm going to receive the freedom and new life. And if that's you this morning, every eye closed, every head bowed as you focus your heart and you make a decision for your eternity in this moment, it's an important decision. If you're in this room and you're saying this morning, Jesus, I choose to follow you. I need you to do a miracle in my life. But I choose to follow you, to come into your embrace and receive your unconditional love this morning. If that's you, would you just lift your hand this morning? You can put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're one of those who raised your hand, I'm going to have you repeat after me, and then I'm going to invite us just to kind of all repeat together because uh, we just want to affirm with you. And uh, this, is, this is a simple prayer, but it's profound what's happening in your heart. As you commit to say, Jesus, I just pursue you, and I begin today, we believe that God does the miraculous, and he sets you free, and he releases you, and he strengthens you. And I believe what you've been struggling for for generations, God can do in an instant. But more than that, I believe that in this moment, as you choose to follow Christ, and you begin that journey, he begins to just give you a deeper revelation of how much you are loved by him. So let's all repeat together. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, come on, let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your love. I thank you for coming to this earth and living a perfect life and dying on the cross to pay my debt I give you my life. I lay it before your feet. All my sin and all my shame, I give to you. And I receive today your unconditional love. I just want to pray over you this morning. God, I thank you for every heart here. God, I thank you for every person here. I thank you for those that made the choice, and I thank you for those that also made the choice in their heart. God, I pray that this December would stand more than any other season as a moment where they step into your love. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, we thank you. You're already working. You're already moving, God that it's not us, it's you. And I pray right now that you would just receive this morning just a deeper revelation of the love of God, how much he loves you, how much he cares for you, how much he values you, how special you are to him. And then not only on this earth do you receive the love of God, 
but that is secured for all eternity as you follow Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for your love this morning. We thank you for how much you love us. In Jesus' holy name, all God's people said, can we celebrate those that raised their hand this morning? Amen. Amen.